Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. We've got our DFS show for week two today. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere. Give us a follow on Twitter if you haven't already. We're at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Tagliere NFL. Tags, what's going on, man? Nothing much, dude. Just uh, we're here on a Thursday. It's a good day. There's another football game. It's like we. It's so weird to think that we only ever go three days without a football game, like for the for the remainder of the year until Christmas, basically. You always seem so much more cheerful on these DFS shows because the primer is done and it's not like <laughs> hanging over you, man. Uh, and we've got a great guest for the DFS show today. And we were actually talking a little before the show about it's just such a hard wide receiver week. And so I can't wait to hear what he has to say about it. It's Chris Raybon of Action Network and Fantasy Labs. He's on Twitter at his name, Chris Raybon. Chris, how's it going, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to talk some DFS with you guys. Absolutely. So what we do for these DFS shows is if it's your first time listening, we're going to talk primarily cash games, FanDuel and DraftKings. We're going to spend most of the time talking running back and wide receiver because that's really going to make or break. You will touch on, of course, quarterback, tight end, DST, GPP. And then to the end of the show, we're each going to give our lock of the week and our stack of the week. So with that said, we'll jump right into running backs here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about a cool opportunity with FanDuel. So guys, fantasy football season is here and FanDuel has more ways to win cash prizes and once in a lifetime experiences during every single game, every single week. Never played FanDuel fantasy football before? Great, because new users are going to get $20 in site credit if they deposit $20. And for this week only, FanDuel's hosting a Fantasy Pros Beat the Experts contest where you can play against me and tags for $2,500 in cash prizes, free FanDuel contest entries, and epic bragging rights. The contest is just $5 to enter with a first place prize of $500, and the 25 users with the highest score who beat both Tags and I get a free entry into FanDuel's Week 3 Sunday Million Contest, where you can win $1 million. So here's a little wrinkle, okay? Tags and I have to draft two players priced under $5,000, which is going to put us at a little bit of a disadvantage to kind of, you know, give you guys a, an actual chance to beat us. Because you're, I, I don't know if you're going to have a problem beating Tags, but you have to beat both of us. <laughs> so, um, okay, so Tags, here's how we're going to do it. We are going to do a draft. I get the first pick because I'm the one doing the ad read. Oh, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> I'm taking. If you steal one of my players, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm taking Hardman. Okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll let you take Hardman number one. You weren't going to take him? No, I was not. Oh, man. I wanted the number one pick because I figured that's who you were going to take. Well, I know you're taking Travis Benjamin. Who else are you taking? Travis Benjamin is my number one selection, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, as mentioned, like, so basically, if you haven't heard yet, uh, Hunter Henry, like, fractured his knee somehow, and he's going to be out for a long time, if not the whole season. So Keenan Allen has struggled against man coverage. The Lions are a heavy man team. Uh, and then we have Mike Williams dealing with a knee injury. He's still probably going to see Darius Slay in coverage. So we have Travis Benjamin matched up with Rashawn Melvin. He runs a 4-5-40. I like Travis Benjamin, so I'm locking him in at 4,900. All right, who are you taking at pick number three? I'm going to go down to 4,600, and I'm going to snag Rex Burkhead because it... No, no, that's my guy. No. You should have taken him number one. I thought that's who you were going to take, uh, but at 4,600, I will take Burkhead. This is a... T I mean, in this game, they're going to run the ball a whole lot. While I do like Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, I mean, come on. At 4,600, the guy... It, it's odd because people are sleeping on this guy, man. They're sleeping. I don't get it. Uh, he had, what was it, 13 touches in week one? Come on. Yep, absolutely. Oh, man, this is rough. I don't even know who to pick right now. I thought there was no chance you were picking Rex Burkhead. 
All right, man, you know what I'm going to do then? I'm just going to pick Preston Williams. He's my dude. Um, I don't know if he's going to be on the field the whole game, but they're going to be playing from behind against New England, and they're going to have to pass the ball. We know Stephon Gilmore is going to be on Devontae Parker. We know that Albert Wilson's banged up. I'll go ahead and grab him and not feeling as good about it as I would have if I had Rex Burkhead. Well, good luck, buddy. And if you guys want to get in on the fun, go to FanDuel.com slash tags and Bobby, all lowercase. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash tags and Bobby, one word, all lowercase. Make your first deposit to get started, and you'll get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. Good luck, guys. You guys are going to need it. All right, guys, so at the running back position, I'll tell you what, with the news about Le'Veon Bell, and if you guys haven't heard, he's having an MRI on his shoulder. Now, Adam Gase is saying this might just be a little bit of pain. It might not be any kind of injury, but anytime you're getting an MRI and they're saying that it seems like he's probably not going to play week two, uh, it has you wondering, is Ty Montgomery going to play? We've got him. We've got Joe Mixon, who might sit, which would leave Giovanni Bernard as the starter. We've got Matt Burita, who's cheap, taking over for Tevin Coleman. So there's a lot of running back value this week, which would allow you to spend up at wide receiver, which is one solution. But are you spending up at running back and getting one of these guaranteed workhorse studs, Chris? I usually try to. That's usually the goal. I, I With running back, uh, I usually kind of start and you know find the guys who are those, those cheapest viable plays and, and then I kind of build backwards from there so I, I, th- I think one guy that you know before we get to you know just are we spending up because I think a lot of times people and it's just like fantasy drafting right where you don't always want to think about it from the top down and say oh I got to jam this expensive guy in my lineup no matter what and I'm like that's like a luxury so it's kind of like you want to build a balanced lineup first and then see which spots you can kind of uh, upgrade at so I think Josh Jacobs for me is kind of uh, a starting point it's there you know I know he is a uh, underdog and technically you know didn't see that many um, pass snaps but um, it's something that they've talked about they want him to do and it, it, at 4700 with him having a big game kind of after pricing already came out um, I, I think he's the top value so he's kind of a building block uh, for me and then and, and that's where I kind of started up and then I think from there you know then you kind of look at the at the rest of the slate and you say Okay, well, you know, the options for for the top, uh, you know, it's it's Saquon Barkley, it's Zeke, Alvin Kamara, I think, uh, significant kind of value compared to those other two studs just because he's coming in about five to ten hundred cheaper than than those other two. So I like Kamara uh, up at the top, but I really like uh, Austin Eckler um, as well, kind of in that middle tier, another guy that's going to get a lot of work. Um, So I I think you can I don't think you necessarily have to like jam guys in at the top, but I think you kind of start from Jacobs and you move up from there. You know, you mentioned a lot of names. I want to go back to Jacobs here really quick, though. I'm looking at the difference on the prices between FanDuel and DraftKings. You mentioned him on DraftKings, $4,700. He's the 27th most expensive running back on the slate. Our consensus projections have him as the number 11 running back on the slate. So that is an incredible value. Our ownership projections have him as by far the highest in cash games. Uh, And then on FanDuel, it's a little bit different. Now, granted, he's still a good play on FanDuel, but he's 19th most expensive which is a far cry from 27th most expensive. So we've got him as the fifth highest projected ownership running back uh, behind a couple guys that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Tags on DraftKings, Josh Jacobs is a lock. On FanDuel, would you use him though too? Yeah, I'd still use him on FanDuel as well. Uh, he's a guy like we saw like a crazy snap share in terms of like 40 snaps compared to just nine for Jalen Richard. Uh, DeAndre Washington just got five snaps, but Jacobs getting 24 touches, one for Richard. I'm not worried about it. Jalen Richard was someone that I was actually going to consider for like a flex play uh, this week because 
Kansas City really struggles against pass-catching running backs, but after last week, it's hard to like walk away from Josh Jacobs. I mean, he broke nine tackles against that Denver defense. They didn't touch uh, Derek Carr, so it's not like they were always in the backfield and he was you know, getting the ball beyond that line of scrimmage like on a dump-off screen or anything like that. He was making plays, scored two touchdowns. This is a, a game that Honestly, it should be a little bit closer considering the game is in Oakland. Derek Carr has played well against the the Chiefs when they're in Oakland. And obviously without Tyreek Hill, we could take a step back for Patrick Mahomes. Maybe they don't blow them out. But as long as it's a competitive game, Josh Jacobs is going to get tons of work in this. And at 4,700 on DraftKings, he's a must play. And even 6,500 on FanDuel, he's definitely not a bad play there. There's a ceiling to be had with him in this game. And I think the floor is sturdy enough to play him in cash. I think so as well. And I'm looking at it. It's got the highest over-under on the slate, 53.5. Kansas City is a seven-point favorite. But again, Josh Jacobs showed us in week one that Josh Jacobs is going to be a, primarily a three-down back. Kansas City gave up a ton of fantasy points to running backs last year, even though they were mostly playing from uh, from one, two, three touchdowns ahead. I think that's going to be the case here with Josh Jacobs. You have to play him in DraftKings. It's like Chris Carson last week. If he's not 80 90% owned, on, on, in cash games on DraftKings, I would be astonished. Um, but on FanDuel, I think he's a solid play. I'm not locking him into my lineup um, because I could see a case being made for some others, um, especially depending on what happens with Joe Mixon and Le'Veon Bell. Let's go to Austin Eckler, who he seemed to like quite a bit. Eckler's like, he's a guy that I would definitely consider in cash, particularly on DraftKings with the full PPR. It's 6,100. I mean, you start looking at this Chargers offense and you have to like envision, you have to picture the game script and, and figure out how you think the game's going to go. Knowing they just lost Hunter Henry's a massive blow. Uh, Darius Slay in the secondary, he's probably going to be matched up with Mike Williams. I like Travis Benjamin, as mentioned in you know our FanDuel segment earlier. Um, I do like him in this game, but when you start thinking about like the safety net throws, uh, for Philip Rivers because the Lions have stuffed the crap out of the run ever since since getting uh, Snacks Harrison on their team like they have been a team that you just avoid with running backs David Johnson I know had a good game last week but it wasn't because of what he did on the ground so they're not going to be able to run the ball very well against this team especially missing you know one of their starting offensive linemen so I think Eckler is going to be utilizing the pass game I could see him getting up to 10 targets in this game and if you're getting that at $6,100 you're you're definitely in play for cash yeah you can look at Detroit and say I don't want to use running back against them but Eckler's not exactly a running back he's like a running back and a wide receiver based on how much work he's going to get in the passing game especially with Mike Williams likely out Hunter Henry's out it's a big deal now the price on DraftKings again is much better than the price on FanDuel on on FanDuel he's the ninth most expensive running back they adjusted and so because of that he's not I don't even consider him an option for cash games now Chris you talked about Alvin Kamara is he your favorite of the most expensive running backs along with Zeke against Washington Saquon against Buffalo and I think you could even throw Dalvin Cook into the mix against Green Bay yeah uh Alvin Kamara is my favorite of, of those backs because I think this Saints Rams game uh I, I think that the total is being a little undervalued and I know a lot of people kind of base it you know, straight off the Vegas lines when they're kind of projecting their touchdowns. But I think this total should be a lot closer to, to 56. I think it's probably going to get hit with sharp money uh, later in the week. And so uh, I think this is a game where you're just going to see Alvin Kamara smash, uh, I, you know, Saquon, obviously every week. But, but you did see a little bit of kind of uh, he didn't get quite as many touches as you would as you would think against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I don't know how much to read into that, but we did see a little bit of that near the end of last year as well. Uh, where Wayne Gallman was mixing in just a bit more than you'd like. Now, that didn't really affect the bottom line because Saquon uh, is so good. Um, but, you know, just something to consider. Uh, but Al- I, th- I don't think you can go wrong with Alvin Kamara. I, I think another guy, I want to hear you guys' opinion on this because you, you kind of look at the-, the matchup and you say Pittsburgh knows how to stuff the run. But, I mean, 
is Chris Carson not just another one of these guys without without the price? Like we have we just not come to the realization that like Chris Carson is Saquon Barkley, he is Elwin Kamara, and he is Ezekiel Elliott in terms of the way Seattle is going to use him. Because I mean, what did he do? He caught he caught you know more balls than anyone on the team last week. He catches a touchdown. Uh, they said they, they've been giving him twenty and a half touches per game going back since week three of last year through the playoffs through the you know start of this season. I mean. He he was a league winner at the end of last season. He was amazing. It's it's tough not. I mean, it's just that you know you, you worry because you see you see uh, what Pittsburgh did to Michelle in, in New England. Granted, he's more of a it's kind of predictable with him. You know, when he's in the game, he's probably going to run the football. So it, it might be you know a, a little easier going for for Carson. But I, you know, I, I mean, he's a t- he's a top five pro- medium projection on the slate. Um, not really, I, I think priced in, in a way that would kind of put you off him. So I think he's another guy that. Um, you know, probably in consideration, but Derrick Henry being a, a home favorite, uh, I think with what he did last week, um, being able to catch the football as well and, and kind of take one to the house. I mean, he's a, he's another guy. I think it's hard to kind of get away from because um, you could on FanDuel, it's kind of like you know those Henry types are uh, a little more valuable because it's, it's a half point PPR and you need that that touchdown upside. Tags, let's talk Chris Carson first. You and I are big time Chris Carson guys. I don't know if I can use him in this matchup. Um, I, I just want to see two or three more weeks of them actually using him this way. It was against Cincinnati, which was a great matchup. Pittsburgh was bad last week, but they have a much better defense. So I don't think I quite want to use him in cash games. What do you think? I'm not opposed to it. Uh, he's one of those rare three down backs. Like they're using him in a three down roll. Like they only threw the ball 20 times last week and he saw a 30% target share. He saw six of 20 targets. Like, he saw three times as many targets as Tyler Lockett did. Uh, so even if, you know, if for whatever reason they, they go into Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh throws points up on the board, which I do expect them to, I think that Seattle defense is leaky all over the place. And I think Roethlisberger is one of the better plays in the slate. So Carson, it actually benefits him, right? Like if they have a big, like a run heavy, you know, game script, we could look at Rashad Penny getting more carries, but they, they simply just don't trust him in the passing game. Last year they used Mike Davis and they've already talked about this offseason saying they want Chris Carson to catch 50 plus balls. That's crazy. But after seeing in week one what he did, it kind of makes sense. And now that you have Tyler Lockett clearing out, uh, you know, clearing out the defense, you have DK Metcalf who could rip the top off the defense. That safety play for Pittsburgh last week was terrible. They have to focus on that pass defense. I, I would assume that that's like a priority of theirs this week. It might even be tougher for them if Joe Hayden is out. So it's going to kind of like open things up. They may be forced to drop linebackers and coverage that they would typically blitz. There's a lot of reasons to like Chris Carson here. I don't know if I like him. You know, I think I would rather pay for Kamara, obviously, if I could. But I have no issue if you want to play Chris Carson as one of the true three down backs. It's the reason that people are going to play Leonard Fournette this week, too. I don't have a problem with Carson. I I am a little bit nervous about Derrick Henry in cash games any week. I understand that they (laughs) are home favorites. Um, Derrick Henry, if, if they are ahead, is going to smash. That's who Derrick Henry is. That's what the Tennessee Titans do. Um, But something I've made a mistake in, in doing in the past is that I can look at a game script and convince myself this is what's going to happen when in reality, even if they're 3.5 point favorites at home against Indianapolis, I mean, that leaves like a 40% chance they're playing from behind. And if Derrick Henry's playing from behind, I don't think he's going to hit value. That, that's a little too risky for me in cash games. Tags, do you agree? Yeah, I'm not a big Henry guy in terms of cash. Like, I would prefer it against a a weaker run defense. Like, Indianapolis was one of the teams in the NFL last year who didn't allow a single 100-yard rushing game. So, like... He definitely is a guy that, that does smash every single time they win the game, and it's very possible that that happens. He's at home. He's a favorite. It's not a big favorite, uh, but I think there are better plays where you don't have to go to him, and I think he's going to be higher owned considering, like in cash games, you don't really worry about ownership much, but if, if you want to you know, 
fall off a guy because you're like, eh, the ownership's just going to be too high on him. You could do that. And I think after his game last week against Cleveland, we could be looking at that. And I, I just do want to piggyback on this, though, because, Bobby, you mentioned sometimes we, we see a game script play out, right? Like, I see Pittsburgh winning the game against Seattle. And if they don't, Chris Carson, that means Chris Carson is, is doing well. Like, that's last week, we didn't think Chris Carson and, and the Seahawks were going to be in a close game against Cincinnati. But even, even in that case, Chris Carson scored two touchdowns. So that's why I think he's like a game script proof guy. And I would rather play someone like Carson. You know, somebody that I like quite a bit this week, I mentioned him earlier, is Matt Breida, uh, especially on FanDuel. He's a very good price on FanDuel. He's the 34th most expensive running back at just $5,600. In fact, I would rather play Matt Breida than Josh Jacobs on FanDuel. On DraftKings, he's not a bad value either. He's going to get the lion's share of the touches in this San Francisco Kyle Shanahan backfield without Tevin Coleman. Chris, do you like him against Cincinnati? Yeah, you know, I do. It's always tough with him because you wonder uh, exactly how high the ceiling is in terms of his usage. Um, just because he's kind of had some struggles with with injury. He seems like one of the most likely guys to like leave the game in the first quarter. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. He's like the Anthony Davis of football. Yes. Oh, my God. It's like how, every every time, every time. But no, I, you know. I think that's the kind of guy you you you, you want to look for when you're you're trying to find a value uh, at running back is you just want to go with the guy who's kind of because there, there's a lot of question marks a lot of these guys period honestly because you know if you're not paying up for like a top two or three guy all of these guys have like tiny question marks here and there so like even Carson it's like yeah you know whatever we haven't seen it fully with the past game we saw it one week so uh, I, I do think that he's uh in play but i probably try to go somewhere else in cash just because i we haven't seen it enough with him just like smashing lead back roll it's it's tough like i love brita as a player and um am high on him this week but uh like i think you can there's enough flexibility to where um, you know, on the road, I probably probably wouldn't do it. I, th- I feel like I'm not wasting a bunch on FanDuel with this price being as low as, as it is. And, uh, you know, I just there's no other place that I love on FanDuel. Like they, they change the prices so much that it just leaves guys like, I mean, I could go down and spend hardly any money and get Chris Thompson, who's who's safe. Uh, he's also got some upside because he's Chris Thompson. Um, but besides that, like everybody seems pretty reasonably priced. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why you kind of go. Uh, you pay up at one of those spots because I think like running back, the, it's so predictable that I, I think when in doubt, you still like a lot of people try to go to tend towards wide receiver um, in that spot. But I think a lot of times there are these like a lot of wide receivers kind of grouped together. But at running back, it's so predictable that like when there's like not a second guy that stands out. And I think like I think Jacobs is the play on both sides. I mean, even at 65 on FanDuel, like, yes, it's the it's a, it's not high up on the rankings as, as on DraftKings, but that price is just cheap. So I mean, I think you, you go Jacobs and then you go with um, with, with another high price guy in that second spot. And then you figure it out um, at the at the pass catcher position where you're not kind of risking as much uh, a floor by spending up. Guys, I do want to mention we've got something called our lineup optimizer. And we talked I just talked about Matt Burrito. We've talked about Josh Jacobs and I'm looking at it for FanDuel right now. And it's got. Matt Breida as the number one running back. Josh Jacobs as the number two running back. And the number three running back really surprises me. He's popping in our model. It's Todd Gurley. Because Todd Gurley's still going to get 65% of the touches against the Rams. You talked about that high over-under. Chris, you're projecting it at 56. If Todd Gurley's getting 65% of the touches at $7,000, and by the way, you can check out our lineup optimizer at fantasypros.com slash optimizer. It's a really great tool, and it's got all kinds of uh, you know little bells and whistles to help you set up your lineups for the week. Fantasypros.com slash optimizer. 
Chris, what do you think about Todd Gurley this week in cash games at that price? Could he score three touchdowns? Sure. Could he not even get the goal line work? Sure. Like this is, to me, I mean, in that price range, I think if you're going to spend 7K for Todd Gurley, you might as well just either spend, like, go down one for Fournette, who I wouldn't prefer to play as a road dog with, with, a, with a rookie quarterback making his first start. But like, if you're not going to spend the 300 extra and just play David Johnson, I mean, sure road underdog but like this guy was on the field they played they played 89 snaps of offense in that game because they went to overtime with the Lions Johnson wasn't on 77 like like how is he gonna not hit value whether however the game script it's kind of like a Carson situation where it's like I don't know because it's again it's against Baltimore that's the thing tags what would you do I mean if you're spending on one of these mid-tier guys it was Detroit last week and Detroit has been like phenomenal against the run too and like David Johnson turned out to be a really good play so I mean am I actively targeting David Johnson no I would just go up to Chris Carson he was a hundred dollars but you would target him over Todd Gurley that's what you're saying yeah, I, I can't feel comfortable <laughs> about Gurley right now. And, like, so, by the way, my stats on Gurley that I have in the primer is that he's played uh, the Saints four times over the last three years. In those games, he's never totaled more than 74 yards on the ground, and he scored just two touchdowns in those four games. Knowing knowing that he lost some goal line work last week to Malcolm Brown, I think he's a better tournament option than he is a cash option. Like, some people might, like, fade him in tournaments just because they don't trust Gurley right now, but that's where you kind of take chances like that. In cash, you don't want to. What What about three down back Leonard Fournette tags? That one's really tough, right? Because Houston was a team that allowed, I think it was just 3.23 yards per carry uh, last year. But if you if you watch that Saints game, there were a whole lot of holes. Uh, now, granted, the Saints offensive line is one of the best in the NFL, whereas Leonard Fournette's is not. Uh, he was missing his starting left tackle last week. I, I would assume he's going to be out again this week. Again, he's right around that Chris Carson price point, so I would just rather play Carson. I, I don't think Fournette's necessarily a bad play because I mean, he's only played Houston once in his career. He had 100 yards and a touchdown in that game. But uh, that, that team is not a stout run defense anymore, but they are at home. Uh, they're going to control the ball. So KC was a really good matchup last week, too, and Fournette didn't, Fournette didn't like crush. So I'll, just, I'll take Carson. All right, Chris, if you're spending down for a running back, if you don't have much money left for your, your flex spot and you want to grab one of these running backs— do you like Giovanni Bernard? Do you like Ty Montgomery if Le'Veon Bell sits? Do you like Rex Burkhead at $4,600 on FanDuel? One of these guys? Any of them? I think if you're if you're spending down, I mean, obviously, Brita, you know, is like the, the top guy. Bernard, if uh, Mixon actually ends up, you know, something happens and he ends up sitting. If not, I think it's it's kind of tough to, to get behind. I think Adrian Peterson um, is another guy that really stands out because – Listen, he's going to get he's going to get work um this week. You know, he's going to be fed the rock uh and like that's a guy who I think people are going to kind of be a little weary about cuz he was he was a scratch last week and they're going to say, "Hey, well, it's a game script dependent thing, but uh you know, I I think in a situation like this, like it's like you're you're looking to save money, so you're gonna have to give up like that some some type of risk, but like AP 3400 DK um and 48 on, on FanDuel, like that's essentially, that's your like free square uh, who can get you 15 to 20 touches uh, in, in that game. And I think that, that's another game where, you know, the Redskins are underdogs, but um, they actually had a better DVOA than the Eagles uh, last game. Dak Prescott has thrown, uh, you know, eight, eight of his 20 passing touchdowns that he's thrown in 12 games with Amari Cooper have come against the Giants. So like, I think this is another game that could just be totally different from what people are kind of expecting 
Um, and so like, I think that that would be my go-to guy. Um, he's actually coming up as the number two value on both sites in our fantasy labs, uh, model. So, uh, like that, that's who I would roll with just for the, the touch upside. Cause you're, you're giving up, you're, you're kind of admitting, Hey, I'm giving up something when I'm paying down, uh, this much. Now, Tags, we saw games last year. Adrian Peterson went 24 carries for 99 yards, 26 for 96, 26 for 149, 26 for 119. But then we saw them lose by 30, and he went four four carries for six yards. Lost by 24, nine carries for 17 yards. Lost by 15, uh, nine carries. Lost by 24, four carries. Lost by 30 to the Giants, 10 carries for 16 <laughs> yards. I, I don't – it's kind of like Derrick Henry. Like, it's a game script thing, and it's entirely possible Adrian Peterson – explodes because he did look really good in the preseason and there's a chance he gets 30 touches for super cheap but tags could you use him in cash games no i'd rather play chris thompson i think thompson's gonna be mixed in no matter what the game script is like he they i mean the receiving options they have it is what it is like dallas is down some pass rushers uh on suspension uh so i I like chris thompson a little bit more it just seems like he's gonna be a safety valve for case keenum and the game script i mean kellen moore i I understand what chris what you're saying about dak prescott and like you know ever since he got amari and you know being somewhat predictable and things might change being they're not against the giants but kellen moore's offense just looked fantastic they were they were moving players all over the field I think the only concern here is that Zeke basically just kind of goes off, slows down the game, and the time of possession is just so little that there's just not a whole lot of touches to go around on the Washington side of the ball. So, But Chris Thompson at 3,900 on DK, I would take him over Peterson at 34. I'll say this, though. At $3,400, all he needs to hit value is 10 points. 30 yards, a catch, and a touchdown. He's at value, guys. Hmm. I, I can't use him in cash games. I'm just saying that's that's how cheap he is. And Rex Burkhead is the same kind of thing. I mean, they're playing against Miami. We saw what the Patriots are going to do in a blowout. They're going to take it easy on Sony Michelle's knee because why risk it? And Rex Burkhead's going to play the entire second after 19-point favorites. Rex Burkhead's getting a dozen touches this week, guys, against Miami. Yeah, I just don't think we should be paying down at will like at running back. I think that's the bottom line. Like, I think I think that's like that's why you kind of want to find that guy um, who's like the the cheapest viable guy, like Jacobs. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Jacobs, and then and, and Brita. Like, I think those guys. It's like you can confidently say, okay, like you know, I'm gonna get a certain type of floor with with both uh, carries and with um, with, with catches or, or just kind of snaps, I guess, and then you go from there. So. What about LaShawn McCoy? Would he be put in that list going up against Oakland? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think so for cash games either. I'm just trying to make sure we cover anybody that people might be considering for cash games. Yeah, I, I think my strategy for cash is like it's very like my player pool is very narrow, honestly, in, in cash games. Like, I, so it's 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 usually like, and even in tournaments, I'm not usually taking a lot of crazy risks at running back because they're again they're so predictable that what like if you have a projection model what i do is i just sort by projection like median projection and like i'm only using the, the top few guys like what like if there if it's a week where those guys are at the top of the salary range then i'm paying up if they're you know kind of some values there like last week and there was like a ton of mid-range you know carson and cook and then i'm going mid like it just really depends on the slate but like i just think you give up way too much by trying to get cute uh at running back because that pass catcher i mean you could have I mean, you know, everyone thought, well, not everyone, but people thought Mike Evans was a smash last week or like, oh, you know, all these guys who at pass catcher, all it has to take is like they don't score a touchdown or like the defense hones in on them. It's like it's it's so, it's so much more volatile that I think you just kind of take what you like. Sometimes there's weeks where I'll just go like, you know, Barkley Camara at, at, at the two running back spots and then, you know, figure it out at pass catcher because 
the bottom line is I think everyone is going to struggle a little, you know, just at, like at pass catcher. It's, it's, gonna, it's one of those positions where no one's going to get it quite as right, but you have that uh, capability more so uh, of kind of locking in that floor at the running back position. Sure. Make sure to use Josh Jacobs in DraftKings. Probably FanDuel as well. Make sure to use Matt Breed and FanDuel would be my recommendation. Uh, we'll do our locks of the week later, though. All right, guys, we're going to keep going with wide receivers in just a second. But first, hey, football fans, or anyone with psychic ability, week one is done in the NFL season, but Side Boss is just getting started. If you missed entering the Side Boss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too late to join for week two and remain eligible to win prizes throughout the season. Dolphins fans, this may be a nice distraction. Just saying. In addition to NFL and college football, Sideboss is currently running MLB contests, including full game and first five-inning contests. And don't miss playing the upcoming UFC Fight Night 158 main event. Play any Sideboss weekly or daily free-to-play games. Get all the picks correct and boom, win cash and an entry into the Sideboss $150,000 private NFL against the spread contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com. Use promo code FANTASYPROS, all one word. That's contest.sideboss.com, promo code FANTASYPROS. Let's go on over to the wide receiver position, and uh, this is just an absolute disaster. I don't want to start. Who wants it? <laughs> I'll start. I mean, like, if if, if so, b- being we're saving some money on Josh Jacobs, it does allow us to pay up for maybe one wide receiver. And if I'm going to do that, you kind of go through the slate here, right? Like, DeAndre is going to have uh, Jalen Ramsey, which he can he can play fine, but 8,100, you're not getting a price down for that. Michael Thomas against the Rams, people think he's going to crush, and I... I know why people want to play him, but that defense is a lot different with Aqib Tlaib on the field, and you saw that in the playoffs last year. Michael Thomas, I think he had four catches for 36 yards in that game. Uh, so Marcus Peters is better when he can play sides. He's not a shadow corner. Uh, Devontae Adams, Xavier Rhodes, Keenan Allen against Detroit. That's I don't, I don't know if that's a great matchup for him. Then you get down to Amari, and you're like, okay, maybe, but I like Juju Smith-Schuster this week. Uh, I am a little concerned about the whole injury to his foot, but they say that he's fine. It seems like he's practicing, but looking at that, that Seahawks team, they were so pissed about how bad that they were last week. They went out and they re-signed Jamar Taylor. He's a guy that they legitimately cut a few weeks ago <laughs> because they thought they had the answer on their roster. But let's not pretend that Jamar Taylor is going to come and make a difference, though. This is a guy that last year he played for the Cardinals, allowed 22 of 26 passing for 376 yards and a touchdown. So if Juju's healthy, 7,500, I'd consider him a steal there. That's interesting. Chris, do you agree that among the most expensive wide receivers, he's your favorite? Sammy Watkins got to be to me. I mean, yeah, I've got Watkins in my cash game <laughs> lineup and Adam Thielen. I'm not fading either of those guys. I mean, it's not even Sammy Watkins. It's Patrick Mahomes. I don't, there's nothing to say here. It's just this guy is that good. Like, like we, I talked about this earlier in the season where I'm like, I started by, you know, okay, I'm fading Mahomes. It's not the right playing in, in regular drafts. And I'm like, actually, wait a minute. You know, he's just the exception. Like he is an outlier himself. Like just because the late round quarterback strategy works with all 31 other quarterbacks doesn't necessarily mean it has to work with him. Um, and I think it's kind of the same thing. It's like we, we saw what he did to the Jaguars. Like, I don't think you can fade, like, you can't fade a guy who can get 200 yards and three touchdowns against the best defense or the best coverage unit in the league. Like, it's just. Uh, but he got destroyed by them last year, so I understand why people did it. He didn't get to, he got 20. He had like 20 fantasy points in that game, though. Like, it was like his low, it was bad for him. I mean, he had 20, like, his floor against the Jags was like, you know, a median for <laughs> the average quarter. Would you be surprised if Patrick Mahomes didn't throw, like, threw another 50 touchdowns? I, like, from a regression standpoint, it's like, yeah, sure, you, yeah, you expect him to regress, but just from, like, the standpoint of he's really good. 
I don't know that he doesn't. I mean, he threw four against the Jags. That was like the toughest. I think there's a chance that he does. I, I'd put it at like 15, 20%. But regardless, there I, we have our rankings at fantasybros.com slash rankings. 140 analysts across the industry putting their rankings every week. Not a single one will even consider putting Patrick Mahomes at number two. And his number one wide receiver, and it's not even close, is Sammy Watkins. And he's $7,200 on DraftKings. He's $7,400 on FanDuel. Tags, is, is he a must-play for you? I mean, he is in, in redraft leagues. In DFS, it's like I'm struggling here now. Like, you guys are like, and I'm, I'm looking at it. They, they moved his price up, too. Like, it's... it's Well, Juju... Uh, so, so basically, I'd have to take out Juju to do this. And it's like, it, it, it might make sense to go with Watkins. Because, like, I, I looked into this, and he played uh, 56% of his snaps in the slot last week. Which is huge, because, like, Sammy, like, he's basically walking into a role that they were using Tyreek in, where they're moving him all over the field. And that's really, really good. Uh, and then we just saw, like, this Raiders secondary allow Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton to post 19 plus PPR points. It's just, it's tough, man. They're pricing in Sammy's like you almost have to get 20 plus points out of him in order to justify paying 7,200 for him. He, he should be, he should be the most expensive wide receiver on the slate. Probably. Wow. Patrick Mahomes, like, like Judas Smith Schuster, like, yeah, I get it. But number one, he has a toe injury. That's the part that concerns me a little bit. Yeah. And, but number two, his quarterback's not Patrick Mahomes. Like, <laughs> like, 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 but no, no like, this is not, I'm not even joking. Like, I'm not even no, trying to be funny. Like, we saw, we saw last year Ben Roethlisberger. He was bad. You know, like, yeah, and it, and it gets tougher when now you don't have Antonio Brown because now I think some of that inefficiency could kind of carry over uh, to Juju. And he's not going to throw 675 passes this year. I mean, he might need to if he misses on the first 674. Um, you know, but I mean, no, you're you're starting to see it. I mean, the, granted, the Patriots' defense really strong unit, so like, I don't, I wouldn't put too much stock into that. But you're seeing it. Just the the, the accuracy is not the same. Um, you know, like I, I mean, and just you gotta look. I, the way I look at it is kind of like from a scoring perspective too. It's like, okay, what team, what teams are expected to score the most? And then how do I get shares of that offense in like, in, in, in combine that in like the most, the highest floor way into a lineup. And it's like, the Steelers are, you know, like four point favorites probably should be three in a game with a, a total of like 45, 46. Whereas the chiefs are on the road, you know, laying seven and like, you pretty much booked 30 points for them uh, every week. And like Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're implied at right now. Right. And it's like, so Sammy Watkins, I think just from a pure touchdown probability standpoint, I, I think you still have to put him ahead of, um, of Juju in that, in that respect. Uh, so like, I, I mean, I, I just think you got to lock him in because unless you're going Kelsey and Sammy or something, I like Keenan Allen with Mike Williams and Hunter Henry gone. I like Adam Thielen cause he has destroyed the Packers in the past and granted their, their defense is better this year. It looked good in week one. Um, but Stefan Diggs is still a little bit banged up. Adam Thielen was not healthy at the end of last season. He is this year. I mean, I'm using Sammy Watkins. Don't hear me wrong, but I would put Adam Thielen in my lineup before Sammy Watkins. And I'm really intrigued by Allen too. And I I love Thielen. I think, you know, like these guys are kind of, you know, we know they're going to get the targets here. The problem is, I mean, Minnesota completed eight passes. Sammy Watkins caught three touchdowns. Yes. <laughs> uh, and now they're three-point dogs on the road, and that's pro- and with a total of 44. Then that might be overselling it with, with how bad their O-line played. This could be a, a rough spot. And, like, again, I think – and I learned this kind of doing rankings, you know, with you guys and, and kind of doing this process every week, you know, ranking the guys and kind of adjusting for matchup. And it's like 
really what you're adjusting for more than anything is just a different kind of uh, scoring outlooks. So like, you, yeah, like we could try to predict matchups and usage and like all this stuff. But like the bottom line is these there's certain stats that are going to stay pretty consistent and certain ones aren't. But like touchdown scoring is like the one thing that's going to kind of differentiate these guys. Um, and I just think like w- like Watkins um, is, is kind of in a totally different tier in, in that respect. So there's like a touchdowns are volatile, but it's almost like there's a floor still in that of having exposure to guys on these offenses collectively, cumulatively that are expected to score. You know, that's why like um, Kamara, you know, a little more than like a guy like Barkley or like, you know, things like that. It's just you, you kind of want to um, lock in, I think, those players on those good offenses. So I think like Eckler, uh, you know, like I like Allen, but I think Eckler, is kind of a, a better way to like you're kind of in that offense for a little bit cheaper um and, and you know he's going to kind of get usage um regardless so like i'd probably go Watkins and then try to find some value uh, a little more elsewhere um than, than going like allen or, or juju over him that but that's just my strategy that's kind of how i approach uh the situation so tags you like juju smith used to you're fine with sammy Watkins. anybody else in that, not exactly upper range, but if you're dropping down one tier, like the Patriots are implied for 34 points. Do you want shares of Julian Edelman? I mean, he's safe. I've, I've definitely, like I have him as a top 10 wide receiver play this week. So I definitely, I can say that Julian Edelman would be someone I'd consider for cash, but there's just, there's so many routes that the Patriots can go here. You know, there's so many ways they can score points. And it's like, you start thinking about it. And you're like, if I'm going to pay up for seven grand for a wide receiver, essentially, it's like, can I go to 71 to, to, to pay for Thielen? You know, I can go down to Tyler Boyd uh, at 6,500. So there's some concerns there for sure. But I, I wouldn't like say he's a bad play in cash, though. I really wouldn't. I got a strategy for you guys. Here's your three cash game wide receivers. If you're fading Sammy, if you're fading Sammy. <laughs> After you guys talk to me, I don't know if I can. You shouldn't be. <laughs> but if you, if, if you are, here's your three cash game wide receivers. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. Boom. Done. I don't have a problem with that. Not at it's all. It's not really a bad strategy. I like Cooks a lot at 63. It's not like anyone else is going to catch a touchdown there. Last week we saw Tyler Higby do it. But last these three guys are all playing 80 plus percent of the snaps every week. Like, like, like Tyra Higby and Malcolm Brown had like, you know, all of the, all of the, the variants last week. And, and like, uh, I think, you know, two of those three guys did enough, like got to the double digits. You know, I think Cooks had a, had a rough matchup, but like, if you look at the Saints, their three corners, Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple, PJ Williams, all finished in the top 15 most yards allowed in coverage last year. PJ's terrible. Lattimore caught an interception with his butt cheeks, though, man. You can't forget about that play. He, he's great, but <laughs> uh, they, you know, last week they get lit up for uh, you know ten for one fifty-five and two on fourteen targets. All three of them allowed a, a, a catch of thirty-seven or more. Uh, if you go back to the last matchup where where all three of the the Rams receivers were healthy, you had Cooks uh, go over a hundred. You had Woods go uh, you know five for for seventy-one, and then you had Cup go for for like uh, I think six for eighty-nine and, and, and or something like that. So like this is the weakness of the Saints. You mentioned like the run defense; they tend to stop the run. They have kind of they can slow down tight ends. They can they can like that's their strength. When you got to go outside against them, it's tougher. They're gonna they're gonna cover. They're gonna have to leave those guys out there covering, whether it's zone, whether it's man, whatever. Um, and the and these Rams receivers, like no one's really playing on a snap besides besides those guys. So like, and Cooks and Woods actually have better splits with Cup in the lineup. Goff, three hundred thirteen yards, two touchdowns per game, uh, two point one touchdowns per game at home. In the in the Sean McVay era, compared to like two thirty and like one seven on the road, like that th- gets even better when Cooper Cup's in the lineup, a lot better. Yeah, it's he's over nine yards of attempt, 
with Cooper Cup at home in the wild. So like I, I really think that like depending on your lineup construction, you can actually like it's like a floor ceiling play because all three of those guys could conceivably hit value with like two of them hitting a ceiling. And if one doesn't hit value, like I think the other two are going like way over. You're getting two touchdowns plus out of those guys. I th- that's interesting. Yeah, I've never thought about that. At least point, like you're getting points somehow, whether it's just a ton of catches, yard, like you're getting something. This is the Rams offense in, in what should be the highest total game uh, of the week. Tags, you mentioned Tyler Boyd. He's in my cash game lineup right now. I like Cooper Cup as well because he's so cheap and he might be the best wide receiver out of that trio you just mentioned. Now, granted, he played the least out of the three, but still 80% of the snaps, he looks healthy. I think he's going to get um, you know, enough targets to justify his price. Do you like Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup? Why don't you give us a couple other wide receivers that you're fond of in this cash game slate? Yeah, Cup I like a lot. Um, PJ Williams is terrible. I have no idea what the Saints are doing um, because he was he was like no he was legit like one of the worst last year in the league. And uh, they have Patrick Robinson who's healthy now. Like he was playing in the preseason. My my only concern about Cooper Cup is that they finally realize that PJ Williams sucks and that they go back to Patrick Robinson who's actually a good corner. Uh, that would worry He's not me. though. <laughs> not like so so apparently so I've been like following so, uh, the, the Saints like all these preseason things because I was like playing a whole bunch of preseason DFS and apparently like you know reading the the beat reports from practice every day Patrick Robinson has just been like absolutely terrible uh all camp to the point where like some rookie um that they have that they're like we're gonna have to play him ahead of Robinson now why didn't they cut him then like because of his contract like his contract essentially like they they just didn't want to cut him so like now they're he hasn't been the answer all camp so if he's in the game it's probably even better like the Saints, uh, the Saints cornerback depth is just, you know, you could you could throw on him. Even Lattimore, you could throw on him. Um, you know, he'll he'll make good plays, but you can you can complete passes on him. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they have an answer uh, for these Rams aside from scoring a lot of points. No, no, and I I think Cooks is a good play. Like they tried shadowing him a little bit with Marshawn Lattimore. I actually made it a point to go back and watch the games that they played last year. Uh, Cooks finished with six catches for 114 yards and a touchdown in the first meeting, and then the second one was seven 107 and no touchdowns. But the only concern I have is that they were both in New Orleans, and Brandon Cooks is really good in a dome where he hasn't been as dominant outside. Uh, that's my only concern there. But Tyler Boyd is someone that I like a lot uh, at 6500. I think people are gravitating towards uh, like down to John Ross at 46, whereas Tyler. Boyd's like really the beneficiary here because more emphasis will be placed placed on Ross tearing the top off your defense. I have to admit sometimes when I'm wrong on things, and one thing I was absolutely wrong on was Tyrell Williams. I knew you were gonna say that. Yes, he's and he's so cheap on DraftKings, forty four hundred. I don't like Tyrell Williams the player so much, but his price is just it's it's like too hard to pass up in cash in a game that they're gonna have to throw the ball. So I mean, it's weird to think that I would have two potentially three Raiders in cash. That's the only thing that would lead me away from it because Darren Waller is actually a play. But Chris, where are you at on Tyrell Williams? Is is he too cheap to pass up at forty four hundred? It, it's tough because I, I think you hit on the key point. Darren Waller, uh, I have him like in the top eight this week. I, I think he's he's Jared Cook. He is literally Jared Cook. I, I think I think you really have to consider playing two of those three Raiders. So basically, we're just playing the entire Raiders Chiefs game, right? <laughs> if you if you can bank on the the volume going. It, it, to, you know, to a certain place, I think you, you do kind of want to do that. Now, uh, the only thing I would say is that, hey, um, you know, the Raiders touchdown probability is lower than the Chiefs. So, you know, I, I think it, it, it probably makes sense to try to get only one. I think you could do something where you kind of if you want to mix up your cash game portfolio a little bit, if you play more than one lineup, then you kind of mix it up where you, you equally expose yourself to all three of those guys. Cause I think all three of them are like top values because pricing came out before that Monday night game, too. So but I, I would say 
you know, Williams is, he's the top, I think he's the top just straight, straight up value, like dollar for dollar uh, play uh, on DraftKings. But is there probably the, the most volatility as well? Like I, I feel more confident locking Waller in um, to like, you know, five catches. Whereas Williams, I mean, he could go, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he went like eight for 120 and two or like three catches for 39 yards. Yep. I love Williams on DraftKings. I think you've got to play him on DraftKings. On FanDuel, Williams is also a good price. He's uh, 30th most expensive wide receiver. DraftKings, he's 44th. Um, So you can play him on FanDuel. But Hardman right now, 84th most expensive wide receiver on FanDuel, 4,700. That's $200 more expensive than the medium. You guys are just going to play Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman, and Patrick Mahomes and call it a day. And, and Travis Kelsey. I'm not kidding either. I mean, I'll play all, I'll stack all four Chiefs in a cash game on FanDuel. And then there's one other player I have to mention for FanDuel. It's Larry Fitzgerald. Even though he's going up against Baltimore, he's so dang cheap. And you know he's going to get targets. So torn. He's He hasn't been very good on the road. I'm not using him in cash games, but he's someone that I would at least consider. Okay, so uh, that's actually a good point. So, Tags, you just hit on, like you said, he hasn't been good on the road, right? And I think that is essentially what what goes back to what we talked about earlier. The reason a lot of times why there are these, like, home road splits is precisely because road teams, three-point disadvantage, score less touchdowns. So, it's like, you know, that's kind of the thing where now you're looking at, like, okay, well, Larry Fitzgerald – you know, do we expect the, 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 because running backs could kind of make up for it with, with, you know, catches and whatnot, but like, you know, do how much, how many points do we expect Larry Fitzgerald to score uh, or that, that Cardinals offense to score? That's where it gets tricky. But, but I just wanted to point that out that like a lot of times we see these like road home road splits and we're like, what does it mean? Like, uh, is it something like, is it the game plan thing? Is it, it's like a lot of times it's simply just like touchdown variance goes against you more often than not on the road. And like, even in projections, like, like the most likely outcomes zero or one. Right. So like on the road those zero those those like 0.6 projections or whatever they are are more likely to go down to zero whereas at home they they more are are more likely to bump up uh, to one that's what usually happens so i mentioned all my guys do either of you have any wide receivers for cash games you want to mention before we touch on quarterback tight end dst and then flip around and go gpp if you're looking for like a really really cheap one like you need to go sub like four grand which is really tough to do at wide receiver most of the time i think that trey quinn at 3,900 is interesting to me. Um, I think people continually like overlook this guy, and I know a lot of people are looking over, you know, at the rookie who's starting now opposite uh, Paul Richardson, but I'm not willing to do that. Like, he's Quinn's been really good. Like, he's only seen, uh, I think it's 16 targets in the NFL now. He has 13 receptions for 108 yards and two touchdowns on those. The Cowboys have been very, very good against wide receivers, but the area they've they've allowed some production adam humphreys last year 10 catches for 79 yards kiki qt six catches for 51 yards and a touchdown golden tate eight catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns so if there's someone that like can benefit from their 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 perimeter corners being as solid as they are trey quinn is someone and if we're talking about game script going south on them and if we project the cowboys to be out in front in that game quinn would be the guy that would be like racking up those targets it's almost like a danny amendola type game last week even quinn was was playable he scored a touchdown but I, I just don't see great matchups here for the Redskins, and they have to score points somehow, right? Like, Trey Quinn at 3,900, you're essentially looking for him to catch five balls for 40 yards, and he hits, and it's basically you have value, and that's like that's that's bottom floor basement production. All right, guys, let's move on over to tight ends. And it looks like there's only just a few viable options for cash games. We mentioned Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. I would throw Evan Ingram into the mix on FanDuel, George Kittle into the mix on FanDuel. But on DraftKings, it's Kelsey or Waller. Which one are you guys picking? Tags, you're first. 
Well, I have Kelsey Waller. I think there's actually like five viable plays. Like, Okay, okay. Who else would you have? Yeah, I think Delaney Walker, uh, 3,500 is not a bad play again. Uh, the matchup's great. Hawkinson is only 3,000. He's obviously a big part of that offense. and like, he, Yeah, but Waller's 3300 If you're spending cheap, why wouldn't you just go Waller against Kansas City? But sometimes $300 is hard to come by. It just depends on what you – if you, I mean, if you want to stack all your Chiefs, you guys have to pay for them somehow. Uh, and then Mark Andrews at 3800 is a is a phenomenal matchup against the Cardinals. And, I mean, Chris, you're a betting guy, so I'm really curious to hear your take on – like, how the hell did the Ravens get out to be a 13.5-point favorite in this game? Uh, well, it's, first of all, it's uh public overreaction. The line should probably be closer to 11. And that's the thing. It's like, I want everyone out there to just know this. Like the, the Vegas lines are one of the most predictive things you can use when, when kind of trying to figure out how much two teams are going to score in a given week. Um, but they're influenced by the public. So if, if a book thinks that, Hey, you know, uh, a, a certain team is going to be bet on heavily, they'll shade a line and then it'll get moved. And so, um, you know, you kind of ultimately want to know like what, what your true sense and what the true line uh, of a game should be. I think it should be closer to about 10, 11 uh, in terms of how much the cards are an underdog. But um, so, so for me, and I'm, I'm interested to hear you guys' opinion on this, you know, you know, from like the, the, the projection model perspective. But the reason I think you go Waller here is because, and this kind of ties into betting with props and whatnot, you know, completions uh, are something that, you know, I, I think a lot of times we, we, we go, we look at like the straight up target share. Of, um, and, but I think there's some noise in that data, right? So I also like to look at just like catch share, like how many, what percentage of catches uh, is that player going to get? And like sometimes that winds up with target share, sometimes it doesn't, but um, when you look at the other, those other options, like Delaney Walker, like what would you have for Marcus Mariota's uh, completions? Because I have it uh, around 18.5 as like an over-under in, in pretty much any given week. And then Lamar Jackson, same thing. I mean, he just made it to 18 in my model um, with, with last week's game because he had, you know, a kind of a, a really strong performance. Um, but, but Derek Carr is a guy that you can kind of count on him to complete about 23, 24 passes. Uh, per game and I think with Waller playing every snap um, with, with him kind of being uh, a guy that they wind up out wide on a high percentage of the snaps and and, and the good matchup I think he still has um, a higher floor um, but I'm curious as to like do you do you kind of differentiate between that at all or is it just kind of straight up like medium projection who's the best uh, value well that's that's part of the thing that Bobby and I talked about you know Lamar Jackson last year there wasn't a game last year what was it that he, he completed more than 13 passes and that was the reason that I would yeah oh but I'm talking about it more from like a percent a, a perspective of Okay, like to project these wide receivers or these pass catchers, um, we have to have uh, enough receptions to go around. Yeah, like a baseline for the quarterback. Like once you, like just fundamentally, once you understand that, like okay, Marcus Mariota, like just on average, if you kind of regress what he what he's done over the past you know year or so, it's gonna it's gonna you're gonna get about an eighteen five median projection for him, and then you like there's just inherent variance in that of like. Okay, if that now hits like 15, 16, and Delaney Walker is not at that, you know, 20 per 18 to 20 percent share of those of those completions that we expect, if he's at like 15 or 14 or 13, like there's just a lot of variance. Whereas like Waller, you know, he could come up a little bit short on your uh, on your share percentage, and because Carr is completing, uh, like his median is closer to 24 now, um, the floor is just higher. So like that's kind of how I've been uh, approaching it a little a little more lately, um, you know, since I started taking more note of, of, of kind of it from that perspective, because targets is kind of like, you, then you have the ADOT and you have all these things that are predictive, but th- that's, you're also working in incompletions, which then kind of 
it, it can create a little noise in terms of projecting, like comparing these guys' floors. For what it's worth on DraftKings, I think you have to use Waller with how cheap he is. $3,300, it's $4,000 cheaper than Kelsey. On FanDuel, it's it's a lot different because Darren Waller's 5,400, Travis Kelsey's 8,000. And so I'm using Kelsey there. I do have the money to do it. Um, guys, let's move on over to the quarterback position. Patrick Mahomes is going to be very heavily used, like 50, 60% in cash games. Is there anybody else you could even consider using? Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, maybe Dak Prescott? Lamar Jackson is definitely usable. Um, I know I know they probably... Is that who you're using? I might in cash, depending on how much money I have. He's so expensive on FanDuel, though. Uh, he is expensive there. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes seems like he's the easy one on FanDuel, um, like because he's not there's not much of a price difference, and you usually have the money to spend. But on DraftKings, you have Lamar Jackson at 6,700, and you have Mahomes up at 75. I just wonder, like, if, if Mahomes' ceiling comes down just because Tyreek Hill's out of the lineup. It doesn't mean that he's going to have a bad game, but but maybe loses some of that ceiling. So going down Lamar Jackson. But isn't that why they got Hardman is as insurance to Hill? Like, he stretches the field. Well, in Arizona, so the thing, the thing is, last week, you have to look at, so Miami, there was not much use for Lamar Jackson to do anything. I would think Arizona would put up at least a fight against these guys, put up some points on offense. I, I do think Arizona will score some points, but Lamar Jackson playing against a man coverage defense, like, uh, they run heavy man coverage in Arizona. They don't have uh, the cornerbacks to do much. Uh, that's just the way Vance Joseph works. Uh, so if, if they're in man coverage, obviously they're following their wide receivers around. They have their backs turned to the quarterback. It's not a zone. Sometimes they have to stick a, a spy on the quarterback, which Lamar Jackson, you do. But again, one man spy versus instead of a zone. I just like Lamar Jackson this week because of the defense that he's playing against. And the fact that they are down to three healthy cornerbacks that aren't very good. And it, even if they do get a, a pass rush, Lamar Jackson can escape it and run. So, Lamar Jackson is uh, definitely someone I would consider in cash, but if you need to save even more money, I, I would go down to Roethlisberger. Jackson is safe for cash games, and he's a better price on DraftKings than he is FanDuel, but Josh Allen is sitting there at 5300 on DraftKings. Chris, what do you think? It sounds like you're using Patrick Mahomes, but if you didn't, which of these guys would you use? Jackson, Allen, and maybe Roethlisberger? I don't know. Flip a coin. It's DraftKings. Like, it, it doesn't really matter what quarterback you use on DraftKings. They all score the same exact amount of points. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no um, so Allen, I think, is the best value. A guy that I would try not to use in cash just because the floor is a little lower. Yeah. But, I mean, all he needs is 16 points. He's going to get that, right? Fun fact. Janoris Jenkins allowed two of five completions against Dallas last week. No other safety or cornerback on the New York Giant football team forced an incompletion when targeted. Uh, no. they, they, combi- they combined to go, uh, Dak combined to go 18 oh, of 18, 18 <laughs> of 18 for 269 and four scores. Holy cow. So Josh Allen might have a 60% completion rate. <laughs> like, I think I wrote it up. Like, even the, the, the broad side of the barn that they said Josh Allen couldn't hit could get open against the New York Giants. Like, that's how bad it is. Like, it's, it's I think, yeah, I think he's playable. I mean, this is a guy who's a top quarterback in fantasy for, for the last five games of, of last season uh so yeah i think he's playable and, and again it comes down to the price it's like uh on DraftKings, there's just not a huge difference i, I would go with goff over roethlisberger just because of the matchup and the you know the, they're both you know better at home um and i think both have good matchups but i think at this point we're still expecting the uh the rams to score more and i actually have goff um, as mine, I think it's number four or five QB this week, whereas I have Roethlisberger kind of in the mid-tier. So um, Goff is a – I'm a big believer in Goff, and I think, um, you know, you play him in the, in these spots where, you know, huge big total um, defense that can't defend the, the pass quite well. Um, Lamar, I, I think – see, the only issue with Lamar for me is that 
you, you can get to Patrick Mahomes for not that much more. He's kind of in this like no man's land, but I, I think he's a, he's still a smash play. I, I think roster construction wise, if you are going to fade Sammy Watkins, I think you you go, you, you have to go Mahomes. Like you have to get an exp- exposure to the chiefs uh, pass offense in, in some way, shape or form. And so like Mahomes 7,500 Watkins 7,200. Okay. Like I could see a lot roster construction where you go, you just go Mahomes and, and say, forget like trying to figure it out with Kelsey and Watt and all this stuff and just say Mahomes and boom, I got it. Um, but if not, yeah, I think Lamar is that the guy that stands out in the six K in that in the middle tier. And then, and then Goff for me um, and Allen in, in the lower tier. By the way, Bobby, that was a good one on Allen. I had him down further, um, just didn't look at him on my sheet for whatever reason. And also, if you're going down even further, Derek Carr at 5,100 is not a bad play. You're right. Yeah, that's not bad whatsoever. We're talking about liking Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller. So obviously Derek Carr at that price is a decent value. I wouldn't consider him for cash games just because the top three options for me, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, are so much better than everybody else for their price. Um, but I agree. I, I don't think Goff is bad, Roethlisberger, or Derek Carr. Guys, let's go DST. I mean, this week, there's like five, six good defenses. I think it's just the kind of thing where you build your lineup, see how much money's left, and you pick one of those six, whoever's left. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I actually like to start sometimes by picking a DST just so I know what I can kind of do at the other at the other spots. Um, so I like, I, I like to find, okay, yeah, who is that cheapest uh, play that I can that I can use? I, I tend to land on the Houston Texans I really you're going against a rookie quarterback uh, on the road Gardner Mitchell they don't really have much uh, on offense they're, they're going to be a little bit predictable if they throw that just works in and try to switch it up that just works in Houston's favor um, so like yeah I, I think there's some other plays um, kind of going up and down who, who you could who you feel like decent about but I don't think any anyone kind of compares to the value you're getting for Houston as a home favorite at, at only 2800. Well, at 2800 on DraftKings, that's a great price. They're $4,800 on FanDuel. I don't think you can play them on FanDuel in cash games. For me, I'm going with the Colts against Tennessee. They're super cheap. Uh, and Marcus Mariota's, you know, he's Marcus Mariota tags. Who do you have at DST? You, you seem to like Houston. Yeah, Houston is the one where I was going. I mean, I, I thought about Denver uh, at home against the Bears, but the Bears having 10 days off, it's like, you know, maybe they come in, maybe they know how to attack Vic Fangio's defense better than anybody else would. Um, so I'm just going to go with the Texans at home. Big favorite. I like it. And if you're spending up, I think it's the New England oh, Patriots yeah. <laughs> on, on either FanDuel or DraftKings going up against Miami. That's kind of a gimme, though. If you're if you're looking for like a crazy, crazy GPP play, yeah, let's let's circle back around. Go GPP right now. Let's do it. I, I just mentioned how like bad the Giants' defense is, but you know, like Josh Allen could easily just turn the football over as well. So like what I like to do in tournaments is kind of sometimes I have like a portfolio with like correlated scenarios where like I'll have a lot of Josh Allen, but I'll also have some giant DST and like no Buffalo Bill. Um, so like I think that's an interesting one um, just, just because of how turnover prone is. We saw like the Niners defense come alive against Jameis uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Tags, do you have a GPP play for DST? And we're going to move a lot quicker on the GPP uh, territory. So I guess you can go to Jacksonville, I mean, and hope that they turn things around. I mean, Deshaun Watson was under pressure on like half of his dropbacks last week. So they're going to get sacks. And, you know, it's possible that they, they step up as a defense. I, I, don't, I don't count on it. But if you're looking for a really cheap one, 2,400, they have a lot of talent on that team. You know who I like? And last last week I said the Tampa Bay Bucks in this range, and you kind of laughed at me, Tags, which is understandable because it's the Bucks. Same thing here. Cincinnati against Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo could throw a pick six. I don't care if it's Cincinnati's defense. It can happen. And if it happens for super cheap, then uh, then you've more than hit value in GPP. Uh, let's go GPP for tight end. I, I'm not doing one. It, it's, again, Kelsey or Waller, period. 
NGPP. Don't get cute. What do you think, Chris? I mean, I do agree with kind of the overall principle. I think there are certain positions where I'm the player pool is a lot narrower for me in GPP. I think tight end and running back are those two positions, whereas I think you can really mix it up at quarterback and receiver. That's where your differentiation comes from. I, I think that, you know, Waller uh, and uh, and Kelsey are at the top of that list. But um, I do still think there's something to be said for you know, a guy like uh, a George Kittle or a Evan Ingram, like the guys that you expect to score the most points that because Kelsey will, will see a lot of ownership, um, it'll kind of flatten it out for, for some of those other guys. I think Kittle may ultimately um, kind of come in as the, as the lowest owned. And remember, Cincinnati, uh, they play strong defense uh, against number ones because they have uh, a William Jackson. So I, I would expect kind of Kittle to be a featured piece of this offense and, and and Mark Andrews I mean he is every week for, like from now on with like, he's just in play in GBPs with how good he's been um and, and how good Lamar Jackson is and I, and I I'm pretty sure that uh Jackson's gonna have more ownership than Andrews so you kind of get some reverse leverage going on there but yeah it's Andrews uh Kittle Ingram uh and uh and Delaney Walker I'll include in addition to uh Waller and and uh and Kelsey Tex, do you have a contrarian off the wall GPP play? I mean, I already mentioned Hawkinson. I think at three grand, but a lot of people are, are probably going to play him. Tight end, we talk about it every week and just say that stick with your core tight end. All right, guys, let's go wide receiver. Tags, why don't you start us off? Just give us two or three quick names. Uh, yeah, DK Metcalf. I uh, like him at 4,300. That defense might be without Joe Hayden. They, they struggled. That Those safeties had terrible communication last week. It looks really bad. Um, and honestly, you could say John Ross is a good play at 4,600 <laughs> just because, like, People are going to fade him because they're they're going to say everybody's going to play him. But at some point, you have to say, well, maybe he is worth playing at forty six hundred dollars. So, I think DK Metcalf is my favorite cheap one, though. Do you have a cheap one or uh, or anyone that that you think is contrarian, Chris? Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't expect partly because of of John Ross. I don't expect John Brown to be too highly owned with all the kind of other guys that went off alongside him. But I just, I mean, I really just like the idea of attacking this giant defense that could not even like muster an incompletion outside of their, their, their top player. So like, that's, that's one of them for, for me. I think that that really stands out. I'm thinking Josh Gordon right now against Miami because everyone's worried about Antonio Brown coming back. Julian Edelman's there. He's going to get a lot. And uh, Josh Gordon's not going to be especially highly owned because of that. Obviously they're going to run the ball a lot, but that's going to be in the second half. If they get out to a 20-point, 30-point lead in the first half like we saw last week against Miami, Josh Gordon could have two, three touchdowns by then. So uh, I'd love him for GPP tags. You want to throw on another name? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I, as I've mentioned multiple times, Travis Benjamin is someone that I like in tournaments this week. I just think everything aligns there. But yeah, it's a weird week, man, at wide receiver. It's like one of those weeks. But in, in, in regards to the Josh Gordon, though, I did want to say that the reason I wouldn't go that route, I could see where you're going. Uh, but Xavier Howard's pretty damn good. And he's like the one that's probably going to be covering. You don't think he's going to be you don't think he's going to be an Antonio Brown. I don't think Antonio Brown's going to play at all. I don't think I mean, if he does play, I think it's going to be limited. Josh Gordon, his first two games with the Patriots last year, um, when he came to the team, he only played 18 snaps in each of the first two games. Antonio Brown. He was also recovering from a hamstring. I, I, that's a BS hamstring injury. And and drugs. <laughs> and, and, and substances. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, drugs I mean, help him get over those. Come on. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, I think you might be right. Okay. I had one other name I wanted to mention, and uh, I'll just sneak it in really quick. Corey Davis. There's a chance he has a big week. Chris, you have any other names before we go running back? 
uh, Dante Moncrief, much better matchup this week uh, against Seattle than, than last week against that, that Patriot D. And he was, he was playing the, the second most snaps. He was that clear number two. And I think, I think uh, he's a nice leverage play on Juju. Um, just get, gets a lot of different things, hits a lot of different uh, boxes for me. I don't love to get cute for GPP at running back, as you mentioned, Chris, for the reasons you mentioned. But with that said, is there anybody that, you know, if the game script falls into place, they could have a big game and they're not going to be highly owned? So let's see if it like not highly. So running back ownership is also a little bit different because it's like highly owned is a little more relative. Like you can, you can kind of get away with somewhat higher ownership, but I, I still go back to, to Derek Henry. I mean, I think Derek Henry has repeatedly, like he hasn't stopped smashing since, <laughs> since like the end of last year. And so I think we're kind of overlooking him a little bit just because we, we have that, that fear of the, the, the zero catch games and whatnot. Um, but Adrian Peterson, I think, stands out uh, again. Is, is just a big one for me because I think I, I took Redskins uh, plus five five. I'm hoping to get it at six again to kind of you know get a little hedge a little bit with a you know a safer a key number. Um, but I just think you're going to see a totally different game script in this one, uh, and it, it benefits AP. Uh, and then uh, you know some other kind of under somewhat under the radar names. Um, I think no one's really talking about Carryon Johnson, but that, that Charger run defense had just got like worked over uh, by the Indianapolis Colts. It just wasn't good. And this is going to be a game where I, I think you're going to see both teams like kind of slow it down. Both of them played overtime games in week one. The Lions have been talking about slowing it down. They have Bevel. I, I think you could really see one of these like Eckler Johnson. Like I would, I actually usually don't want to stack two running backs, but uh, Eckler Carryon Johnson is, is a really interesting one that I think um, could actually give you some correlation. Tags, you talked about Todd Gurley potentially for GPPs earlier. Is there someone else that you like at this position? Sony Michelle, nobody's going to play him at 6,200, uh, but he's a guy that could score three touchdowns. Like uh, I know that people will be off him, and considering his price didn't drop very much, that he's a, he's an excellent tournament play. And if you want to pivot off of uh, Alvin Kamara, you can go down to Latavius at 3,700. Uh, if that game's as high scoring as Chris thinks it's going to be, Latavius is going to find the end zone. The question is, can he do it multiple times? I like that one a lot. Uh, my GPP advice here would be go with Zeke, Kamara, and Saquon Barkley. If you can find a way to use all three of these guys and all three of them go off, nobody else is going to do it. There's so much value at wide receiver. You can go down and get yourself a Josh Allen, a Darren Waller, something along those lines, a TJ Hawkinson, whatever. But you can afford to fit all three of these guys in your lineup. And if they all go for 35 points, you win. Boom. Okay, and then finally, quarterback. Is there somebody that uh, that you're fond of for GPP, Chris? So quarterback, I think you really want to kind of like, you can go off the board a little bit with ownership because I mean, we saw like last week was Case Keenum had 380 and three scores, Andy Dalton. So this is one where you kind of, you almost, you don't want to overthink it in terms of like, like the, who, who has the matchup and who has the value. And this is, it's just more like who's going to be low owned and could, you know, conceivably complete passes and so like who could throw two screen passes that go for 75 yards? yeah it's like it's not as it's not as complicated as it as it seems um so uh, i i think you know that obviously the, the the guy that stands out right now we haven't projected for zero to one percent ownership uh is kyler murray because number one we know opposing quarterbacks are correlated right like the, one of the strongest correlations after quarterback wide receivers correlation is just quarterback opposing quarterback and Lamar Jackson's number two on most people's rankings or number top three uh Kyler Murray's near the bottom uh and so you're getting a big discount for him and no ownership where like he could easily whether it's running whether it's throwing he might have to score a a lot of points to to keep up with the Ravens so uh like him down there and uh and besides that I mean I, I think it's just 
you know, Jacoby Brissett is a, is a guy that you think about. I think even Mariota, like just guys that you expect to be low owned that, you know, could, could rush a little bit. Um, and, and, can, and, you know, we saw the upside of that, that Tennessee offense. And I think Henry will be higher on. So uh, I kind of like, like looking at certain games that are going to be a little bit under under owned. So like those, those are guys for me, but Kyler Murray really stands out. Tags, I've got one quarterback I love. Don't take him. Who do you have? <laughs> well, based on what Chris was just talking about, it's like one of those guys that's the reason I like Derek Carr down to 5,100. He's just so cheap. Um, and again, Josh Allen at 5,300. I, I almost prefer Josh Allen in a tournament just because I know he legitimately has a quarterback one ceiling every single week. I know he does. And actually, there were uh, some of his biggest games last year came when he only threw like 26 or fewer pass attempts. So this could be one of those games. I mean, Josh Allen at 5,300, but the, the thing is, I think a lot of people will own him. So I'm going to go up higher and say that Russell Wilson at 6,200, I think is a guy that's going to be under owned in tournaments. And he's a guy capable of throwing for 300 plus yards and, you know, three, four touchdowns in Pittsburgh. That's always an interesting tournament play. The one I wanted to mention is your boy, Mitch Trubisky tags. I know he was dreadful in week one. I know he has a rough matchup, but this is also someone who can finish as QB one. If he rushes for 60, 70, 80 yards. And it's, it's entirely possible. We've seen it a handful of times before. Oh, Mitch. I hope so. I hope you're right on this one. <laughs> it might be, it might be another week. So th- the one thing is, I think the way these quarterbacks kind of come into these, this like unexpected value is when th- there's pressure on them to score. So, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about Denver at home, but I- I'm not feeling too good about their offense. It's likely going to be a low scoring game, but there's a chance that it's not. Yeah. Oh, I mean, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think like Dalton and Garoppolo, that, that matchup in the, in the San Francisco Cincinnati game is intriguing just because like, let's like, you know, let's be real. Like their defenses probably aren't as good as we think, you know, after one week. So um, that, that, those are another two guys that I don't think will be too highly on. Okay, guys, let's go lock of the week. Any position tags your first. I'm going to go Sammy Watkins. I'm kidding. (laughs) 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 After you guys talked about that. All right, so the guy that I'm going to play in every lineup, it's got to be Josh Jacobs. I mean, at 4,700, it's too cheap not to. The matchup is too good. Casey changing up from a 3-4 to a 4-3 obviously showed signs of a weakness, especially even in their secondary. And now looking at Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams, and and like they have concerns in their secondary to worry about where it's like their attention can't be on Josh Jacobs. Like going through that scheme change means a lot. Um, so yeah, Josh Jacobs at 4,700, even my lock. All right. Who do you have, Chris? Cooper Cup, just week in, week out. Um, you know, high floor play, great matchup, not in great play caller who, you know, kind of raises his floor like behind the scenes. I would have gone with Josh Jacobs since uh, Tags took him. I'm going to go with Matt Breida. This is a FanDuel-only lock. He's not a lock on DraftKings or anywhere close to it. My lock on DraftKings is Darren Waller, uh, but Matt Breida is my FanDuel lock. Now let's go stack of the week. Stack of the week. This one's a little bit tougher. Um, I will go with Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster here. Chris, are you taking are you taking the Chiefs or the Raiders? I'm taking the other one. <laughs> Uh, um, or are you going to take the Rams? Yeah, I was about to say uh, Jared Goff and any two of the three uh, of, of his wide receivers. If you got some, if you got some cojones, all three. Because it's, uh, and I actually have made a lineup like that. So and, and then you run it back with with Alvin Kamara uh, or Michael Thomas uh, or you know even I don't think you can get both in, but um, you can kind of work Kamara in if you uh, if you kind of do some do some things uh, at min price. So uh, really like that that game for the scoring potential. You know what? I'm actually going to skip Kansas City Oakland and go with a GPP stack that we didn't talk about at all. The Los Angeles Chargers are implied for 25 points uh, going up against Detroit. Detroit has a great run defense. So I'm going with Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen, who's going to get the whole workload if Mike Williams is out, and then Austin Eckler, who's going to catch passes and run the ball. 
to all three of those guys. I don't think anyone's going to play them. I mean, I don't know how Keelan Allen's going to get all the pass attempts when uh, it's all, they're all going to my boy, uh, Travis Benjamin. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I mean, I would add... Yeah, that's a decent one too, sure. Yeah, I would say I would include... So my thing with stacks is I, I like to go for like the cheap ones. So like my, my favorite stack, to be honest, is probably Josh Allen, John Brown, because I think you want to kind of get the correlation on the cheap and then and then you have the flexibility to, to pay up for the studs who like don't need like like Christian McCaffrey on tonight's slate uh you know on the Thursday like he's negatively correlated with every other Panther like you know like certain guys like that like they don't need their uh, the, the correlation is like you don't need it so um I, I do like some of those cheap plays so I think Benjamin is a great uh, stack with Rivers because he's giving you like if Benjamin catches an 80 yarder that just increases the, the, the likelihood that rivers yeah for sure and by the way bobby the reason Allen isn't like a guy that i'm super high on this week i was i loved him last week oddly enough dude he's one of the best route runners in the league however in in 2018 he posted a 131 uh wide receiver ranking against zone coverage just an 85 wide Ooh. receiver ranking against man and the 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 lions won a lot a lot of man coverage okay man well guys that's all for today's show chris it was a pleasure having you on thanks for taking the time thank you guys for having me i loved it and I want to say thanks to the sponsor, Sideboss, where you can go to contest.sideboss.com and use the promo code FANTASYPROS. That's contest.sideboss.com, promo code FANTASYPROS. And also, FanDuel, don't forget to enter our contest at fanduel.com slash tags and Bobby. If you beat both of us, you're going to win some prizes. First place prize, $500. Again, that's fanduel.com slash tags and Bobby. And don't forget to play around with our lineup optimizer at fantasypros.com slash optimizer. And if you're not already a premium member, check it out at fantasypros.com slash offers. We've got some great opportunities for you where if you just deposit $10 as a first-time FanDuel user, you're going to get six months of our full access to our premium tools and content. That's a $65 value for six months. That's fantasypros.com slash offers. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve